the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Media. Good morning, you're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Wednesday morning. You are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with David Dawson and Johnny A. Bear. Happy Wednesday, guys. Good morning. Yes, indeed. Happy Wednesday. You realize <laughs> we are a week away from Ash Wednesday? I can't oh, believe that. Oh, that is true. You scared <laughs> me for a minute. Is I that was amazing? like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it is amazing. And Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah, that too. Reminder. That too. Good luck with Ooh. that day. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, I highly recommend you do I know, but Valentine's the day before. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Well, yeah. Don't forget. You know, being a week away, you know, we the show today we're going to be talking a lot about Lent, but it is time to kind of prepare, right? Mm-hmm. So I think a game plan, right? So uh, and you know, all of it it does start. Uh, our game plan should begin with prayer and be based on prayer. So let's get this day started off mm. with prayer. We're mainly remembering St. Colette today, and she's uh, uh, a lot there So with her and uh, healing rifts within the church and many other things. So let's uh, pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, Lord, you know our hearts and our minds so well. You know our struggles with temptations evil thoughts, and laziness to do what is right. And yet you are patient and generous with all the gifts that we need to become people of virtue and holiness. These gifts are offered to us through the sacraments, through prayer, and each time our faith is put into loving action. So Lord, as we look ahead to Lent, let those obstacles be cleared Let those gifts come to us so that we may surrender to your saving power and be truly fulfilled and united with you. And we pray this in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for that, Johnny. We will learn more about St. Colette later on during our Saint of the Day, but we are starting off with Johnny's Gospel Reflection at 7 after. Definitely want to stick around on Johnny's insights on today's reading. In 18 minutes, Suzanne Sammons joins us. She's a Catholic author, and like Dave said, we are one week away from Ash Wednesday. Well, Suzanne has a wonderful book to guide us through Lent. It's called Stations of the Cross in Slow Motion. So you'll have plenty of time to pick up your own copy after we're done with her interview, because this is definitely a book that uh, is very interesting and can take us through those 40 days. In 35 minutes, Dina Dow joins David in the Baton Rouge studio. She is the Director of Evangelization and Catechesis of the Diocese of Baton Rouge. And today we're talking about out-of-the-box ideas for Lent. So week away, if you <laughs> don't know what you're doing extra or yes. giving up if that's what yeah. you choose to do, Dina will give you plenty of ideas to consider <laughs> I, I got today. a sneak so preview <laughs> of these ideas, and yeah. they are out of the box. This is, this is going to be very interesting, y'all. <laughs> It'll be a fun, fun interview, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> 
oh the fast and slowly and, uh, seems contradiction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. And in forty-eight minutes, Dr. Jordan Haddad joins us. He pro- he's a professor of dogmatic theology over at Notre Dame Seminary, and we are continuing our Catholic One Hundred and One segment where we answer questions about our faith. Well, today we're going to be talking about science and religion. Should the two be separated? So Dr. Haddad's going to join us. Tell us a little bit more about that. And here's another ticket giveaway. We are giving away two general admission tickets to the Fullness of Truth Conference coming up in Alexandria, February 23rd through the 25th. You can go to our Facebook Live video. That's Wake Up Wednesday right now. Go search Catholic Community Media on our Facebook, on Facebook and type, I want the tickets in the comment section, and we will send those to you via email. Stay with us. It's five past the hour on Wake Up. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Father Chris Decker, and today's gospel is taken from Mark chapter 7. Jesus summoned the crowd again and said to them, Hear me, all of you, and understand. Nothing that enters one from outside can defile that person but the things that come out from within are what defile. When he got home away from the crowd, his disciples questioned him about the parable. He said to them, Are even you likewise without understanding? Do you not realize that everything that goes into a person from outside cannot defile, since it enters not the heart but the stomach and passes out into the latrine? Thus he declared all foods clean. But what comes out of the man, that is what defiles him. From within the man, from his heart, Come evil thoughts, unchastity, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, licentiousness, envy, blasphemy, arrogance, folly. All these evils come from within, and they defile. Thank you, Father Chris Decker. Wow. Well, a little bit of a background here. You know, the Pharisees had just confronted Jesus and his disciples uh, because they weren't washing their hands in accordance with the ritual of cleansing. And so these Pharisees were watching everything that Jesus did uh, to accuse him of something. And why is that? Now, this doesn't make any sense, but they had been watched. They had just watched Jesus feed 5,000. Mm-hmm. He had walked on the water. He healed many people that were sick right in front of their eyes. And so their answer is, let's nitpick him to yeah. death on the rules. Just yeah, that he he's didn't wash his hands. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, then and as is now, people who love power will see and judge everyone else as either an obstacle or a tool, you know, to keep that power. And so Jesus puts it so well, sums it up so well, when he says, you have a fine way of rejecting the commandments of God in order to keep your tradition. But we've got to put a little historical context on this. You know, someone asked me one time if the God of the Old Testament was different than the God that Jesus shows us, this God of compassion. And so, you know, we kind of talked about uh, whether, you know, when growing up, the lessons that we learned, let's say, from our father when we were young as a child, were they as advanced as they were when you know, we got much older and, of course, you know, that's 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 the deal, is that uh, as you look through salvation history, God gradually grew his people's understanding of what holiness and purity and virtue and ultimately happiness was all about. And so here comes Jesus, the, uh, not just fully God, but the most perfect human who ever lived, 
the master psychologist, and he's pushing mankind's understanding of themselves and of God to new heights. You know, and so we take what Jesus is saying today for granted, you know, but at that time, the Pharisees and the Sadducees really did see their outward piety and their adherence to precepts and laws as proof that they were righteous before God, so much so that it got to this level of absurdity and the exterior law became God rather than what God always intended since the garden, and that is for man and woman to freely love him. So here's the, you know, take it to today and everything. Here's the startling but powerful truth about mankind, about morality and human happiness. Morality has no objective truth without an absolute God. Morality is not an opinion. It's not choice. It's not feelings, not policies, rules, or laws. It's complicated, as complex as a person, and that's exactly its origin and our guide, because God himself is the author and source of morality, of love, goodness. So therefore, the compass, you know, for morality, the dictionary, the source, all that is good and true and beautiful is found in God alone, and in particular, in living color here today, in the life, teachings, miracles, passion, death, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's us, man, who were wounded in the garden that avoids this truth with all kinds of clever excuses mm -hmm. to avoid facing our inner demons. So, Dave, I was kind of thinking about this today, and Gabby, you know, think about all the laws, a lot of the laws that are passed, you know, in our country in the belief that it's the moral thing to do. Many of these laws, however, are contrary to human nature, and they're doomed to fail because just like the Pharisees, the laws are passed to make the lawmakers feel good about themselves. Mm. It's about the lawmakers feeling proud you know, and powerful. But what is startling about it, just like the Pharisees, they don't care to admit uh, or that the result, when the results or the policies of these laws only generate more misery on the very people they claim to be wanting to help, as well as on other innocent citizens. And this is because they fail to, they've lost touch with the nature of the human person because as a society losing touch with God, the author of morality. So, uh, you know, it's an ideology that becomes a God, just like the Pharisees have the laws to make this God. Now, the positive, the flip side of all this is that when laws do align with an understanding of the human person, of our weaknesses in particular and our frailties, but also all of our natural gifts, you know, it can generate a very positive and rich society. And I think if you look back, certainly our founding fathers understood, seemed to understand human nature quite well, although many today have forgotten that because we're forgetting our Christian roots. So just looking ahead, Lent, you know, today the Lord's telling us, telling the crowd, like the crowd, politicians, everyone, those in power to quit, you know, we got to start to quit playing these games, you know. We know what the real problem is, says the Lord. You know what the problem is, the sin that keeps us from living life to the full. So the Lord says, let me show you the way, you know, follow me this Lent. I love you too much to leave you in this delusion and these excuses, these chains. It might be painful, it may be difficult, and you might not like what you see, you know, says the Lord, but keep your eyes on me all the way to Easter. 
So here we are, one week away, guys. What do you think? Wow, one <laughs> week away. I like that. I like that. Everything that you're talking about, especially you're talking about the timelessness of uh, men being worldly and who we are, we have a tendency to heap regulations, laws, and everything, and just clutter, clutter, clutter our lives. And here we are right now preparing for Lent. And uh, Abdina has just joined us in the studio as well. We're gonna re- really going to get into that. Well, one of the things I want to do mentally and spiritually is unclutter. Mm. Unclutter. And a lot yes. of that is not paying attention to the, yeah. all those laws and rules yeah. and regulations. Don't get weighed down by the with, laws. Look at with, the Lord. Exactly. Yeah. Be, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Look at ourselves. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. So, well, hey, on that topic, you're not sure what to focus on for Lit? Well, Suzanne Summons, Salmons, I'm sorry, Catholic author, is going to join us with her ideas in her book, Stations of the Cross in Slow Motion. Quarter past the hour now on Wake Up to Your Heart to the Truth. Be right back. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for February 7th. Today we celebrate Saint Colette. A quiet life of prayer and devotion was Colette's path to sanctity. Born in France in 1381, Colette lived the life of a hermit following her father's death. She followed the third rule of Saint Francis and became a so-called anchoress, a woman walled into a room whose only opening was a window into a church. She developed a reputation for holiness, and many people went to her for spiritual direction. After four years, Colette left her tiny cell and, with the encouragement of the Pope, joined the Poor Clares. Serving as Abbess General, she began the work of restoring the primitive rule of St. Clare in the 17 monasteries she established. Though she met with some initial opposition, the reform movement took root in France and spread elsewhere as well. She and her sisters became known for their poverty and fasting. Colette began her reform during the time of the Great Western Schism, where three men claimed to be Pope, and Western Christianity was deeply divided. Her efforts were aimed at reminding not just the poor Clares, but also the entire church, of the need to follow Christ more closely. She died in 1447. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. It is 19 past the hour. You are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Johnny Aber, David Dawson. Dina Dow joins us in our Baton Rouge studio. Dina is with the Diocese of Baton Rouge. Before we get to our next segment, real quick, we are giving away two general admission tickets to the upcoming Fullness of Truth conference taking place February 23rd through the 25th in Alexandria, Louisiana. It's called Real Presence, Real Power, The Eucharistic Life, and the Science of Sainthood. You can take your spiritual life to new depths with the founder of the online spiritual formation platform, The Science of Sainthood, Matthew Leonard, Dr. Brant Petrie, Dr. Michael Barber, Aaron Franco, and so many others will also be there. To win these tickets, go to our Facebook live video right now. It's called Wake Up Wednesday. It's the first video you'll see that's live and pinned to the top of the page. Go to the comment section and type, I want the tickets, and we will send those to you. David, Dina, Johnny, we are one week away 
Well, and, I, and, and look, that, these, are, these are rock stars, yeah, y'all. These tickets are, yeah. and the tickets are $65 a piece. Mm, and listen, yeah. this is worth the yeah. trip because you got Matthew Blender, who is very dynamic. Then you got Dr. Petrie, which never fails to blow oh, us away, right? I, know, he's so I mean, can you imagine getting your Lent started with this? And then Dr. Michael yeah. Barber and Dr. Petrie together. Yeah, that's two. a dream team, you know? <laughs> then you got our own. Our own Erin Franco from Baton Rouge, yes. you you can't you can't beat that. She's her, her own reflections and everything are just beautiful. And then Debbie Giorgiani, who is on EWTN Radio, hey, I highly recommend these tickets. They're free if you just say I want the tickets on Facebook. <laughs> yep, type those in. Well, Dave, we are one week away from Lent, and Suzanne Sammons now joins us. She's a Catholic author. We've had her husband, Eric, join us before to talk about his various books that he's written. Well, she's going to prepare us for Lent. Stations of the Cross in Slow Motion is her new book. Suzanne, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. I appreciate being here. Stations of the Cross in Slow Motion, just the title itself got me interested. So take us through your book that can help us through these 40 days. I'd be happy to. Um, the Stations of the Cross is, one, is probably one of the oldest devotions in the church, and of course we all associate it with Lent. And um, for Advent, my husband and I wrote a book about the Jesse Tree devotion that walks you yeah. through Advent, walks you through salvation history, and many people ask for something similar for Lent. And so this book slows down the Stations of the Cross so that you meditate on one station for three or four days before moving on to the next. And that way, walk oh. with Christ toward Calvary during Lent. I love this because, you know, the way of the cross is a tradition that we do during Lent on Fridays um, and pondering each station because sometimes we move on from one station to the next to the next to the next and then we're done in 20, 30 minutes right. and then we move on. Um, That's true. <laughs> this one helps us to ponder each station. It's honestly, it's genius. So why do we need, what's the benefit of taking a look at each station for that amount of days? Great question. Well, I think that there is so much richness in each station. And when we think about each one, there's sort of a theme that emerges. For instance, when we think of Simon of Cyrene helping our Lord carry the cross, we naturally think about carrying the cross in our own lives and how our Lord asks us to do that. And then from there, we can dig into Scripture where does our Lord talk about carrying our cross? What does St. Paul say about carrying our cross? And so there's so much we can draw from each station that I think it's really worthwhile to spend a few days with each one. Mm -hmm. So many people have entered into our faith tradition, the Catholic Church, last year. This is their first Lent, uh, where they're really diving in as Catholics. For those who aren't familiar with the Way of the Cross, the Stations of the Cross, can you tell our listeners a little bit about what it is and why we should maybe take a look and participate this year on these stations? Of course. So the Stations of the Cross, um, originated in Jerusalem itself when the, in the very earliest years of the church, people went to Jerusalem and wanted to see where did these events that led to the death of our Lord happen? I want to walk in his footsteps. Uh, where was he condemned to death? How did he then get to Golgotha? How did they lead him? Where was he? 
So, and it's very natural that people wanted to do this. And so the word stations just means these sort of stops along the way. Um, and as it became harder for Christians to travel to the Holy Land, they still wanted this experience of walking with Christ from the time that he was condemned to death to uh, the time that he was buried. And so because it was difficult to get to Jerusalem via Dolorosas, which means wave sorrows, they sprung up throughout Europe so that people could still have this experience. And the, that processional aspect of walking is still a very important part of the Stations of the Cross. And so uh, there are 14 stations, and in each one we meditate on Christ's experience. Many of these events we can read about in Scripture, and some of them have been handed down to us through tradition. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. You know, this is a, a really crazy idea sometimes because I think about family prayer and how as a family we gathered as young kids, how chaotic it was at times. <laughs> and our parents really did try to gather us as a family to pray together at night. Um, but doing this as a family, you know, I think is a wonderful idea, Susan. Who, who is this kind of geared toward? Right. So uh, when we wrote the Jesse Tree book for Advent, it was geared toward families, and that's really who asked us for something like it for Lent, because you're right, you, you gather the family for prayer, and you want some sort of structure to it. Um, it really helps yeah. children follow along. It keeps them engaged. And so this book, I wrote it um, with families in mind, but a family is made up of children and adults, mm-hmm. right? So. Mm-hmm. Um, these reflections, I believe, are engaging for all ages. They're short That's so great. that uh, they keep children's interest. Um, but the benefit of that also for adults, if you're doing this on your own as part of your prayer time, it's not a huge commitment. But the insights for this, each station and the reflections come from the saints. They come from the fathers of the church. So although it's geared toward families, I would say there's a lot of depth there. Uh, for everyone. Most definitely. This is great. Uh, Suzanne Salmon's Catholic author, she's preparing us for Lent, and with a week away from Ash Wednesday, this is a perfect companion for you or your family, for busy family life. This is perfect. So Stations of the Cross in slow motion. Suzanne, where can we go and pick up our own copy? The best place is Sophia Institute Press. That would be sophiainstitute.com. Great. Thank you so much uh, for joining us. And uh, definitely pick up your own copy. I linked in the comment section for today's Facebook Live video. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you so much. God bless you. All right. This is a great, what a great um, idea. companion and idea for Lent. And oh I know that goodness. we'll be talking yeah. to Dina, but real quick, because we have a few minutes left, um, those out-of-the-box idea, Dina, I'm still trying to figure out what to do a little extra. So I'm looking forward to your ideas to help me. <laughs> I know. That book sounds amazing. It, it really does. Because, I wrote you know, it, 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 it puts in mind, you know, you, you getting together uh, with your spouse, you know, yeah. or family, or just by yourself. You light a little 
little candle and you have a reflection, sort of like Advent yeah. throughout the Advent and season, it, it's right? It's just enough, you know, you worry about time and busyness, but right. it's right. a concentrated prayer. What I was thinking about when Suzanne was talking was how most churches have stations of the cross surrounding They're us right there. as we're worshiping. You know, yeah. during the celebration of the Mass. And I was like, gosh, that's something really to pay attention to, yeah. especially during Lent. So that mm-hmm. could, we could add that to one of our out-of-the-boxes, you know, to add this as a resource. I think it's great. I yeah. love that. Well, it's add beautiful. it to one of the out-of-the-boxes. you got like 20 of them here. <laughs> <laughs> There's not enough days in Lent for your out-of-the-boxes here. This is going to be this is going to be really good. I, I'm, looking, I'm looking forward to About this. About to challenge Dave. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sorry. Well, and every Everyone does something different. I know that Damien was saying that his wife is getting rid of 40 items during Lent. So one day Mm. she'll get rid of each item. But also if you wanted to give up chocolate, for instance, because that's your weakness, is chocolate or that glass of wine at night. But saying a prayer or saying the rosary instead or whenever you think about that chocolate or that glass of wine at night, right. <laughs> something like that. Right. <laughs> then you, there you go. You're kind of uh, you're you're definitely getting closer to God in that moment because in your weakness, you're turning to Him and saying, "I am weak. Please help me. I want that you know piece of chocolate or whatever." But so that's something that we can because kids, you know, my son always gave up chocolate or sweets or he tried to give up you know video games and stuff that completely <laughs> failed. Uh, but that's something that we can do as whenever you know whenever you think about giving up that piece of chocolate or whatever, say hell Mary, say glory be something that can help even the little yeah. ones uh, get through Lent for forty days, right, Johnny? Yeah, the whole point is if you're going to take something out, a vice, if we try to replace yeah. it, what are you going to fill that make with? Make it mm-hmm. That's right. That's yeah. what the Lord wants to do. It's like, like gospel today. Get rid of all that inner sin and let's put some Holy Spirit in there, right? Mm-hmm. Very That's good. the point. Detachment. Yeah. yeah. Detachment. Yeah. Most definitely. Things that draw us away well, that bring us to the Lord. Yeah. This, this Most is, definitely. Hey, well, good, good stay stuff with is coming us. up. <laughs> yes. And I can't wait to get through this list because Dina Dow has some wonderful out-of-the-box ideas for Lent. Of course, we are one week away, so maybe we can write some of these down um, and consider or give ideas to someone else who is also trying to figure that out as well. But there's still time, and Dina's going to give us details. It's half past the hour on Wake Up. Thirty-five past the hour. You are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm just yammering on here as we come out of break. Sorry about that. Dina Dow is with us, uh, and we are visiting off uh, uh, off mic. You know, so we have a tendency to go to That's town. Dina is the director of evangelization, evangelization and catechesis in the Diocese of Baton Rouge. And uh, Dina, yeah. We talked about out-of-the-box ideas for Lent, and then I saw your list here, and I'm like, woo. Yeah, so my good friend Colin McIver, he Mm -hmm. uh, is a a theology teacher at St. Scholastica High School in Covington, Louisiana. We are grads. You know, went to grad school together, mm-hmm. and uh, I love him. He does a lot of work uh, with ascension and theology of the body. Right. He and his wife Amy are just powerhouses. Beautiful couple. So I found this article that Colin had uh, 
written in 2020 uh, and was posted on the Ascension website. I love Ascension and their resources because yeah, this time of year, I'm always stuff. kind of gathering resources to post on the diocesan website for people to go to to help support their preparations for Lent, which, yeah, is a week away from mm-hmm, today. Mm-hmm. We'll have heart-shaped ashes on our forehead because <laughs> it's Valentine's Day, too, <laughs> which is hilarious. Yeah, heart-shaped ashes. I don't know. No. So this article is so good, and I, I love Colin's enthusiasm, and I can hear him in this. There's 20 out-of-the-box ideas. You have to do them all. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I you think want to, don't you? Focus. <laughs> I'm going to try one a day. So the first one is daily mass, yeah, right, sure. with a twist. And I love this because he's he's inviting us. He says, when you go to daily mass, if you can have that opportunity or, or more so you know, than once on Sundays, our obligation— is to take someone in your heart with you and offer that mass up for them. Yeah. And then afterwards, send them a note and say, hey, I just went to mass, and I offered that mass up for you. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just want to let you know you're in my prayers and in my love. That's a beautiful gift for someone. It I like is. number two. I'm thinking about you on this, David, is pray like a monk. Yep. <laughs> I love Liturgy of the Hours. Is, is that where you're going? Yes. Okay, okay. Yeah. So Liturgy of the Hours, which mm-hmm. is not actually too hard to do. There's apps for that as well, too. But joining in the prayer of the church. Church that our priests and our deacons and our religious are all called to do, mm-hmm. but the lay faithful can do it as well. Yeah. Um, I talked to a couple yesterday. They pray morning prayer, but they're doing for Lent. They're starting evening prayer, oh, which is beautiful oh, together. And the evening oh, prayer, I, yeah. I can't recommend that enough, only because it, it most of them that, that I've done, for instance, the Magnificat, yeah, it's almost yes, yeah. like the Liturgy yeah. of the Hours. In fact, a lot of it is included in that, but it yeah. includes a daily examination. Yes. That yes. is incredible. Yeah. To, to is, go over your day. Yeah. Where was I far from God? Where was I close? Where do I need help? Right. That's right. huge. And, you know, thinking about, before we kind of go on, the Lenten practices, you know, for sacrifices are, are necessary for us to, like we said earlier, detach from that, which keeps us from focusing on our relationship and building our relationship with Jesus, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so these are things that help us move towards the Lord yeah. and, and grow in our relationship. And it's yeah. just beautiful. Yeah. I like this next one, Pray It Forward. Okay. So pray for someone and you know maybe your rosary, our intentions, and then tell them and then say, okay, tag, you're it. Pray for somebody oh, else. Oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. So just keep great. it moving down the line. Yeah. Okay. And okay. then Colin writes about getting on your knees. Mm. And he talks about um, kind of the inspirations of uh, Pope St. John Paul II, who learned from his father, because he would see his father praying on his knees. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny, because at a recent auction, we um, we bought a pray do. <laughs> so we have a, a kneeler. A kneeler. My for husband's folks like, who don't, yeah. we got a kneeler. I'm like, get on your knees. <laughs> does he have a cushion? Did you take the cushion? It does off have of a his? cushion, okay, but you okay. can roll it back and really make it sacrificial. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a chaplet a day. Yeah, a lot of churches are doing uh, divine mercy chaplets. So a chaplet a day yes. keeps the devil away. Is what I, like I say. That. I like that. Yeah. Um, stay. Hey, the chaplet <laughs> takes seven minutes. 10 Maybe, minutes at the most? Yeah. No. And there's beautiful apps that you can follow yeah. um, to do that. In fact, I have my little Divine Mercy you know, bracelet on oh, today, just a yeah. reminder. Okay. Um, staycation pilgrimage is beautiful. 
there are so many beautiful churches in our region, you yes. know, in New Orleans, Mississippi, here in this area, in the Diocese of Baton Rouge. So take our pilgrimage yes. to the churches and, and go through the Stations of the Cross right. while you're there and participate. And in, in, in your, they're gorgeous down you, by you, the river. Well, as a matter of fact, in New Orleans, St. Stephen's Basilica. Yeah. Uh, yes. has the most beautiful stations mm-hmm. of the cross I think I've ever seen. I mean, yeah. it's it, the ark is amazing. And Our Lady of Hope. Yeah. If you, if you, to take a little trip up there, it's it's an hour oh, away. Oh yeah. You know? Oh that that one really life size stations of the yes. cross too. Which is the next one is doing your own stations of the cross, which you talked a little about. Another one is a desert journal. Okay. You know, to write a little bit in a journal every day. Oh. You know, and sometimes people are like I don't know what to journal. Most yes. of the time when I journal, I'm writing a letter to God. Okay. Either thanking him or pouring things out. So I usually just write, you know, dear Lord, thank you for this day. And then it just kind of flows Starts out. Starts flowing? Mm-hmm. See, that, that, that's yeah. something I'm not familiar yeah. with. So yeah. that's a, so so uh, journaling is pretty much a discussion with God? Or are you just talking? I mean, I don't I mean, I know what to, where to begin. it's whatever comes out. You know, okay. put yourself in, in, you know, the presence of the Holy Spirit and thank the mm. Lord for the day and say, Lord, I just kind of want to write, you know. And then all of a sudden you start writing yeah. and you're like, what is that? Wow. And you look back on it. I have many can, journals. Do you? Okay. Yeah. Gabby, it can also be like, you, well, and I am really bad at journaling. I have the intention of I want to journal, and I love writing. Um, but when it comes down to it, I end up choosing something else, which maybe that should be my Lenten oh, thing. Yeah. Because <laughs> I really want to do it. But you can have a conversation with him or write a letter to God, you know, yes. thank you for today, or I'm really yeah. struggling with this, or what do you think about this? You know, having that conversation. Because that's what I used to do on silent retreats when we couldn't talk. I would just constantly be writing my thoughts down yeah. in a journal. Yeah, are, no. are you talking about paper. pen and paper journal? Oh, oh yes. Okay. Oh yeah. You hear no that, laptops. Gabby? Pen and use paper. Your, use your penmanship. Just, just yes, <laughs> and and that's also a struggle because now the iPhones have yeah. a journal app yeah. where you can take pictures and write, and it's super. You can voice a text and everything. It's so easy. But yeah. I think yeah, let's take it old school. Yeah, there you go. Old school. Listen to Gabby. Another one. I love this idea from Colin is secret intercessor. Right, kind of like a secret. You know, you don't know. They don't know that you're praying for them, but you oh, know, wow. just it, you know, secretly intercede for someone, but don't tell them. But don't you know? tell them you're yeah. you're mm-hmm. you're praying for them. Right. It's, it's praying. Yeah. Okay. Then later okay. you can That's tell right. them. Um, tithing time. It talks about tithing. You know, so reaching out of your time, talent, and your treasure to things that you may not necessarily. You know, right. kind of get, get off of your route, you yeah. know, get off of your path and get onto a new path of some type of ministry that you may be unfamiliar with. Mm-hmm. Um, another one is Good Samaritan bags, which you can do with as a family. Okay. So you get what he was suggesting is reusable bags with healthy snacks and toiletries and socks and then hand them out to people that are in need in the I community. See. Yeah. 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 Um, service road trips. So taking the family and doing a road trip, you know, for some type of service work. Service like? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like community service. Well, like, okay. Like Cleaning okay. up the garbage, you know, in your oh, neighborhood, gotcha. visiting oh, okay. the nursing homes. Yes, yeah. yes, that's very good. That's which is beautiful. Or writing cards. I always like to have my children write cards, you know, make little homemade cards and bring them to the nursing homes and drop them off. They love that. You know, love and that, it. I think I think uh, that's something that's overlooked is yeah. the treasures that we have all around us in the nursing homes. Because when I did no. accidentally stumble across visiting folks in nursing homes, people I don't even know. Yeah. What a what a gift that is! Yeah. They're they're more than welcome to visit mm-hmm. with you. It's mm-hmm. it's delightful. Um, he also talks about secret Santa, but it's Lent, you know. So buying something for somebody, you know, and just kind of leaving it there at their desk, you know. I and, and, I, and I write notes knowing, all your life. They don't right. know who you are. Yeah, not knowing who you are, it's really really good. They'll never know it's from you. So you know? for so for instance, 
like on Amazon, you can do that and they don't know where it came from. Exactly. Ooh. Exactly. Ooh. Or write a note. You know, I write notes all the time. But yeah. people are like, I know that's you. I can't I read your handwriting. handwriting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, this is where digital comes yeah. in. Okay. Uh, yeah. A Linton baby shower collecting diapers and wipes and bottles, <clears throat> okay. you know, to give them to the local shelters. Yep. Lexia Divina. Taking a hike, like not take, take a hike, a hike. <laughs> yeah, no. But getting out into nature, <laughs> yes, you know, and really soaking up this season. You know, for us in, in South Louisiana, yeah. it starts to warm up a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, but getting outside, weather. clear you know, your head, and make a list each week. Every Sunday, he suggests about three ideas that you want to accomplish that week. Just three things, okay. and but with all of this, before you even begin, you know, sit in prayer and ask the Lord, "What are you calling me?" to do this Lent. Okay. What are you calling me? Yeah, go ahead and ask before you go be right. in charge, right? Right. Ask him yeah. what he needs. Yes. So we're, and, you know, and definitely for me, Lexio Divina is good. You know, just seeping up in Scripture because the daily readings are beautiful. This, this is Jack-a-block. This Isn't is great stuff. So thanks to Colin MacGyver. He's amazing. Yes. Yeah, I Dina love it. Dina Dow, thanks for joining us today and getting us prepared. You're welcome. All Thank the time. So God bless much. you. Yes. All right. When we come back, Johnny's going to be talking to Jordan Haddad. It's 45 past the hour on Wake Up. And a good Wednesday morning to everyone out there. It's a beautiful day today. 39 degrees up here in Bush area. Nice and sunny, though. One week away out from Lent. Lent because we don't really own anything. Ah. God just lent it to us for his glory. There it is. (laughs) There it is. is. Interesting topic today. Great topic. (laughs) You know, as you guys know, I'm a geologist, so I love this next topic. Dr. Jordan Haddad is going to join us right now. He's a professor of dogmatic theology at Notre Dame, and we have been continuing these Catholic one-on-one segments. Today, our topic is science and religion. Good morning, Jordan. Good morning. Good to be with y'all. Yeah, good to be with you too. You know, as you know, you know, beginning in the late nineteenth century, it seems like, especially with Darwin's theories of evolution, there's been this growing belief in the West that uh, mainly that science and religion are not compatible to the point that science is slowly gobbling up religion. But prior to that time, it seems like uh, all the great scientists were Christians. Mm. More or less contradiction. They they seem like they. They saw there. So, Dr. Dad, what happened? I mean, are these terms just kind of being redefined? Uh, maybe you can help point us. What are the proper spheres for science and religion? Yeah, that's a great question because uh, you're absolutely right. You know, the Catholic Church has a really rich tradition of, uh, of really being the, the great patron and, and mother of, of the sciences as they've come to develop over time. And you know, in the earliest uh, centuries of the Church's life, there, you know, especially with someone like St. Augustine, there's a great reverence and respect for the real contribution to our understanding of, of, of God in the world that, that the sciences can make in, in his own day. And he brought all of that to bear when it comes to better understanding God's revelation in Scripture, as well as sort of unfolding the great panoply of God's revelation and and really even being able to, to see in the created order that which God has made um, a better understanding of, of what that really consists of, which of course helps us to better come to understand who God is as creator. And going into the medieval period, you know, where 
you really have the foundations for what we have today as modern science really comes to develop, um, takes great leaps and strides. And all of the greatest theologians of that day were also what were called natural philosophers, which was sort of like the medieval term for science, for a scientist. And, 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 and beyond the medieval age going into the modern period, you know, you don't have two camps of scientists on one side, theologians on the other who are in the sort of interminable conflict, but really they're one in the same people. And so a lot of the, a lot of the, the, the big questions that are being pondered, uh, it's not one side against the other, but it's, it's both just trying to better think through uh, God's own revelation and how that relates to how we can come to understand the world through the sciences. And it's really only a very, very recent, um, you know, in the last 150 years where you have the emergence of this false narrative of conflict between faith and science, which um, is really just paper thin. You know, once yeah. you start to scratch beneath the surface, you see that um, you see that it, it can't really stand on its own terms historically, but also uh, just when you when you really look at what does what do the natural sciences really tell us? What type of knowledge do they give us, and how that relates to 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 the complementary but different approach of faith, which is concerned, you know, with understanding the meaning of things and why God creates and and what this natural world sort of points to as God's creation. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned the why. So, so it, it, I mean, it seems to be a false construct for science. The side of things say, well, if there's something unknown in science, you religious people are just saying, well, that's God. And so, as long as we can find out what that what really happened, you don't need your God anymore. But that is, that is completely a false idea of what faith and and uh, religion actually is. You said the word. Why? I mean, I look. I love to go to the mountains. I look at the mountains, and I can see how that they were formed. But I have to ask myself, why? Why is it beautiful? Why, you know? And then, and then, Adis also seems Jordan. As time goes on with with science, science seems to continually point to these eternal truths, especially with the Big Bang and why even human life. All of these things, it's almost impossible to begin with. But we don't want to go there necessarily because we know they may look for ways to kind of shoot holes in that. So um, talk about that, the, the why. I mean, what is where does faith, I guess, in religion, where, where is the focus where it doesn't even need to collide at all with these scientific discoveries? Yeah, um, there's this great quotation saying by a man named Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, who, you know, he's, he's a Jewish rabbi, but, you know, he sort of perfectly captures the Catholic approach and understanding of faith and science. And, and here we can look to also Pope St. John Paul II, who was just an utterly tremendous witness and voice in this, in this area of, of, of conversation and reflection. Um, but Rabbi Jonathan Sachs says, science takes things apart to see how they work. Religion brings things together to see what they mean. Wow. And uh, what he's really getting at there is that the faith is really concerned with, like I mentioned before, these deeper why questions. You know, why does anything exist? You know, um, why do things exist in this way? You know, what does it signal about ultimately the creator who is responsible for the existence of all things and in the way that these things unfold over time? Whereas science is really concerned with understanding 
you could say the what and the how, right? What right. exists? And in here specifically, we mean what 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 things in this universe exist? What is it really? Uh, what, what does it consist of? What are the laws that govern its develop, uh, development over time? And, and how do these things work? You know, it takes it apart, dissects it to better understand it in that way. But that's a very different approach than the approach of faith, which is seeking deeper meaning and, and really the purpose behind it all. And so it's important that these two avenues to truth not be separated because we would be we would suffer a tremendous loss because we'd have such a narrowing of our vision and understanding. But really when these two mm-hmm. things come together, it gives us the widest possible vision of what really is. And we can begin to see how this universe and God really relate to one another in a harmonious and mm-hmm. really beautiful, magnificent way. Wow. That's beautiful. Well, Jordan, uh, thank you so much for that insight. Beautiful quotes. Uh, so how can people keep up with you and with the university? Yeah, I'd like to uh, plug one event that we have coming up with the St. Louis the Ninth Art Society. Uh, next Thursday on February 15th, we'll have our third annual Catholic Art Lecture uh, in the evening at 7 o'clock, co-hosted with Notre Dame Seminary. So it'll be at the seminary in Schulte Auditorium. And uh, Dr. Caitlin Gilson as a professor of philosophy at Holy Cross, will give a lecture entitled Christ and the Question of Transcendental Beauty. So it's free, it's open to the public. I hope everyone will be able to join us. And for more information, you can go to sl9art.com. Wonderful. Okay, well, thank you, Jordan. We appreciate you. Have a, have a blessed day. Y'all as well. Okay, great idea. Add that to Dina's list of things to do for Lent. Yeah, yeah, go to the exactly. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go out in prayer this morning. As let's pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Blessed Jesus, this morning I again dedicate myself to you in health, in illness, in my life, in my death, in all my desires, in all my deeds. May my work be only for your glory, for the salvation of souls, and for that which you have chosen me to accomplish. Lord Jesus, may my love for you guard my soul against temptations and obstacles that would prevent me from you. Into your hands, Lord, I commend my life. We pray this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for joining us today. Tomorrow, Sister Marjorie Abair with Catholic Charities has her monthly update. David Dawson Jr. with Witness to Love talks marriage and family life. And Dr. Mark Williams with the Diocese of Homa Thibodeau Catholic Schools will talk about what they're up to for the month of February. Thank you so much to Jeff Blackwell, our audio director, and Karen Cotton, our video technical director. Have a wonderful Wednesday. God bless. Wake up is a production of Catholic Community Media.